episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by SEM Rush. It is our go-to SEO tool for doing audits, for tracking position and ranking, for really getting ideas on how to get more organic traffic for our clients, competitive intelligence, backlinks, and things like that. All the important SEO tools that you need for paid traffic, social media, PR, and of course, SEO. Check it out at semrush.com forward slash partner forward slash duct tape marketing. And we'll have that in the show notes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Rachel Parker. She is the CEO of Resonance Content Marketing and the author of a book we're going to talk about today called The Content Marketing Coach. So Rachel, thanks for joining me. Thank you, John. Happy to be here. So I wondered if we could start today's call off with a few stanzas of um, Musetta's Waltz from La Boheme. Surely you've sung that aria before. I have, I have, yes. So obviously I did a little research and uh, on top of being an SEO and content uh, expert, you are a trained soprano. I am, yes. But unfortunately, uh, I, I read with sadness that you don't get to do that very much anymore. Not very much, mostly in the shower and occasionally in the car, but, but that's about it these days. So uh, let's talk about content marketing, shall we? So set the table maybe for, you know, I still get this all the time. I, you, people like you and I talk about content this, content that, and people are still saying, what what exactly is content? Is that a blog post? Yep, good question. Um, and there's a lot of confusion over what content is and is not. So I define content as um, any communication with your audience that is not selling. So that could be anything, I mean, literally anything from a birthday card to to an ebook, to your own university program, it's it's con- it's connecting with your with your audience without pushing your product or services, and it's as simple as that. Well, that's interesting because well, why wouldn't you include? I mean, at some point you move people through the journey to the point where they want to buy, and you're still producing content that I think has to convince them why you. I mean, why would you exclude? I, I, I get that content is not exclusively about pushy, so it's mostly about education, but at some point you've got to convert them, right, with content? Absolutely. And that's one thing I tell people, we, we, to, to borrow a term from the dating world, we don't want to wind up in the friend zone. You know, we don't want to be, oh, you know, I really like you for your eBooks and stuff, but whoa, purchase, hang, hang on, hang on. So, um, so yeah, we do, we do want to think about guiding them through a funnel and we think about the, the top of the funnel stuff, which is our search attracting, um, assets like our blog and our social media, and then moving them further down, maybe into downloadable assets and into webinars. And yeah, eventually you want to have a one-on-one conversation with them and say, okay, you know, here's what we have to offer. Can we, you know, can we talk a little further about this? Well, and I, uh, for years have actually taken it beyond that. I think that uh, once they become a customer, there's certainly a role for content in continuing the loyalty, getting them to purchase more, getting them to refer. And I think that's where I think so many people just think it's get the order. But I I think its role is far beyond that. Absolutely. I think the biggest problem with the traditional sales funnel is that it stops when they sign on the bottom line. And there is a whole world of relationship beyond that. I mean, they could be recommending you to their friends. They could be, like you said, um, buying more product, upselling. I mean, there's a there's a tremendous um, there are tremendous opportunities beyond the sale. It's probably the, you know, especially when we're talking about small business owners that are quite 
often, you know, very time strapped. I mean, what, what, uh, uh, you know, what's the answer there? Because I mean, to, to do everything that people like you and I talk about is really time consuming. So, uh, you know, to do it right. And particularly for the typical owner who, who certainly is making the sausages or whatever it is back in the back shop too. So, you know, how do you kind of balance the fact that it, it does take a lot of work with the fact that it is so necessary? Sure. And, and it, it does take a lot of work to do and to do well. I mean, there's, there are some people who think, oh, as long as I get something out there, as long as I ch- check off on my to-do list, post on Facebook or publish blog posts, but it needs to be done well. And for, especially for small business owners who are one man, woman, woman shops, it, it can be challenging. Um, one thing to do is, is you can look into outsourcing. You can bring in a freelance writer who can write those blog posts for you. Um, someone who can handle your social media. Um, that's one way to do it. And, um, you know, I think the worst thing you can do is just say, well, I don't, I don't have time for it. So it's just not going to happen because that's where we're, that's where we're coming to in the marketing world. It's no, lo- no longer a nice to have. Well, so let me ask you then. So that person that says, well, I either don't have the money or the time to do it well, at least. I'm doing something is, I mean, is that better than nothing? Yeah, something is definitely better than nothing. So if all you can manage is, is one good quality blog post a month, then go for it. It's, it's not going to set your traffic on fire, but when you, um, when you encounter a potential customer and you say, you know, please feel free to go to my website and they are seeing that quality content that is going to up your, um, that's going to up your stock. So, um, yeah, I would be the first to say that, that anything is better than nothing. How do you think, um, you mentioned the blog word. I mean, is, is that, you know, I've been blogging, gosh, 13 years now and, uh, over, you know, it's changed uh, dramatically the position or the role or what blogging actually is. Uh, and, and in fact, we build most of the websites for our clients just using WordPress. Um, we don't really talk about it being a blog. It's just a content management system. So do you believe that, that everyone needs that, you know, whether we call it a blog or whatever we decide to call it, do you think everyone needs that kind of publishing ability? I, th- I think it's one of those things that, that everybody really needs. And when we think about blog, we think about words on a page, but really you could do videos, um, you could do, uh, you could do audios. You could record. You don't necessarily have to have a formal podcast, but you could record audios on a platform like SoundCloud and just embed those and have that be your audio blog. So, uh, so there are many, you know, there are many possibilities, but I think the blog is essential because, um, the first thing is, is you own your website, which is something that you cannot say about your Facebook page or your Twitter account. Um, you know, that is your real estate. And when people go to your site, I think they need to see, um, some kind of publication that comes from you and that you own. So one of the things that I hear, let's back up to strategy a little bit, because we've been talking about, oh, you need to be producing content. You need to be producing content. Well, you can certainly waste a lot of time producing content that either nobody wants to read or isn't really going to drive people to know, like, and trust you. So what um, what do you say to people, you know, when they're trying to get started, uh, you know, how do you make, you know, I, I often refer to the, the fact that content needs to be the voice of strategy. So how do you make it the voice of strategy as opposed to just another tactic? Sure. Um, your content marketing strategy absolutely has to begin with your audience. If you don't know exactly who that audience is, then find out before you do anything. And this is, um, this is a challenge for, for everyone, but I find especially, John, in the B2B world, because I'll ask people, who's your audience? And they say, well, you know, mid-sized companies in manufacturing located in the Midwest, 
West. And then I say, okay, who in that company? And they say, oh, well, uh, the CEO would be great, I guess, or the COO or maybe a VP. And they don't know um, literally whose eyeballs you want on the other side of that content. So knowing your audience has got to be step number one. Yeah, and it's interesting about that is uh, it may the answer actually may be all three, but they have different but they have different objectives and goals, <laughs> which makes it even worse. Um, so, where do you tell people? One of the things, another question I get asked all the time is, you know, I don't know what to write about. Where should I get ideas? I mean, where where do you send people to look for ideas about what would make sense for them to write about? Sure. Um, the first thing, again, once you know your audience, see if you can find out where they where they get their content. What what books or magazines do they read? What websites do they go to? What Facebook pages do they subscribe to? And do a little snooping around and see what see what other people are doing in your in your industry. And then um, another thing you can do is just ask your audience. Set up a um, you know set up a Survey Monkey or something something very simple via email and say, hey, what are the topics that are going to make your life easier or that are going to help you do your job better? And how can we how can we help with that? So, um, so I would start with that. Yeah. There's, there's also some great tools that are available today too. And I, I, my listeners will recognize this one cause I talk about it all the time. I love buzz sumo. So when I kind of have an idea of a topic or a theme, I can go there and find very specific content and, and that that has been shared and uh, theoretically proven that uh, people are interested in that. And that can be a really great way to stimulate some ideas. So I talk about, con- I, you know, I think for a number of years we ha- had the, we, we started talking about content marketing as though it were a separate channel. And I think a lot of people certainly look at it that way, but I think that it's actually, in fact, I, t- I talk about it just being the air for marketing today <laughs> that, that, uh, that we really have to integrate. I mean, you can't really do effective SEO. You, you can't do very effective advertising, in my opinion, without content. You certainly can't do much uh, PR without good content. So, you know, how do you think in terms of the other channels that you, that, that clearly you need to feed, um, but, but need content to do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting point, John. And, and, and you know, I, I relate it to there's a reason why we don't talk about color TVs anymore, because that's what it is. You know, there is there is no, nothing else. And I think the term content marketing may may be fading away the next few years as it just becomes part of your part of your strategy. So, um you know, even even companies that you know these diehard oil and gas guys, who I never thought I would see creating content, they are they're getting on board and realizing that it's got to be rolled into your strategy. And you know, as we do look at our sales funnel, um, we need to think about okay, how are we going to feed people with content from the the very first encounter through the through the decision making process all the way to all the way to the purchase and beyond. So it all has to integrate. So one of the things that uh, even the greatest journalist that can write just the most compelling story uh, knows is that if nobody reads it, it's probably not that effective. So, you know, how do you, are there some tips for creating that you like to use for creating content that people just really want to share? They're, they're drawn to it and, and they, it's almost like, oh, I have to share this. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, there there has to be a promotional element involved, first of all. Um, as I like to say, if you build it, they will come only work for Kevin Costner, because just putting a blog out there is not going to send thousands of people to your site tomorrow. So um, so we do have to promote it. And some of that might involve some dollars, you know, might be a, a promoted Facebook post or, or promoted tweets or things like that. And um, so, you know, as far as as far as putting it out there, um, or, or as far as creating content that people want to read, um, 
you know, look at, again, if you have a, a resource like BuzzSumo that shows you the kind of topics that people are sharing or the kind of, um, you know, even the way the titles are phrased on different blog posts can make a tremendous difference in in the shareability and in their likelihood to generate traffic. And then um, as you progress in your content marketing journey, you're going to see that uh, you're going to have your own data. You're going to be able to look at your own blog post and say, oh, wow, this one got a whole bunch of shares. This one, not so much. How can I what can I learn from this and how can I roll those best practices into what I do in the future? So uh, one of the things that I hear all the time is, you know, a lot of times a company that maybe produces something fairly technical goes out and hires a marketing person and uh, then tells that marketing person to write some great content of, of about something of which they know nothing about and maybe can't even really learn about that easily. I mean, so, and I hear that really all the time from, from writers in, inside of marketing departments. I mean, is there a way to... Uh, to, to get that information in a way that you could then, uh, inside an organization, uh, have you found, I'm sure you've worked with organizations where they hire you to write something. You've got to have a process for figuring out what the heck that widget is that they sell and what it does. So are there some tips on doing that? Yeah. Um, you know, first of all, you need to, you need to get with the people in your, in the organization that do know that do have the information. And uh, sometimes you have to be a little bit of a pest because content is the lowest thing on their, on their to-do list. So uh, to be a very, very nice pest, but, you know, to, to make sure you get some face time with them. And one, one tactic that I like to use that has worked really, really well for me, it's, it's I'll ask them, okay, explain this concept to me as if I were a sixth grader. You know, if I were if I were your if I were your little, you know, nine, 10, 11 year old kid and, and saying, hey, you know, what is this? What are you working on? How would you explain it? And that um, that really forces them to to simplify and to get past the jargon and really talk about what this is and what it you know, why it's important and why people need to know about it. And then from there, you can build on that very simple platform and get into the more the more technical details, depending, of course, on how technical your audience is, which is another consideration. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, too, you go to an engineer and tell them they need to write a blog post and, and you know, they freeze up uh, instantly. But you tell them, let me see your sent email. They've probably written some tremendous blog post answers <laughs> to very technical questions. They just don't they just don't think of that as content. But then to our first point, I mean, that's content, too. So um, where do you send people who uh, – one of the things I think is that – Writing has changed dramatically, particularly writing in marketing has changed dramatically. You know, wh what are some of your favorite resources for where people could learn how to be a better writer? Oh, there are there are so many sources out there. Uh, one of my favorites is ProBlogger, uh, Darren Rouse's site. I um, I, I always read their stuff. They have some tremendous um, ideas about the ideas about being becoming a better blogger, becoming a better content creator, and um. Of course, Content Marketing Institute is another wonderful resource. Um, uh, HubSpot creates some wonderful content. They do a lot of, oh my gosh, they have a huge team. They are constantly doing webinars and publishing eBooks to help you be a, to help you become a better writer, a better, um, a better strategist, whatever it is you need. So, so those would be the three that I would recommend to start with. So, um, when it comes to somebody trying to make decisions about, gosh, what should my priorities be when it comes to content? Are there a couple pieces or forms of content that you think every, for the most part, every business needs? Absolutely. And and I would I would preface that, John, by saying the worst thing you could do is to try to do everything. And then you, you, you start off and you're doing everything under the sun. And then four weeks later, you're totally burned out. <laughs> and, and, and you 
throw your hands in the air and say, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, you know, I think I think to start with the big three, which would be a blog, email content and social media. I think those are that's a, that's a good package to start with. And if, if you can only start with one, um, you know, I would say it's between email and blogging would be a place to, to, to focus your efforts. Um, email, you know, email doesn't get a whole lot of attention these days, but it's still an incredibly powerful communication, um, method because if someone's giving you your, their email address, they're, they're basically saying you can come into the equivalent of my online house and talk to me. And that's incredibly powerful. Um, of course you need the blog to, to attract search traffic. And then, um, you know, as I, as I as I like to um, I like to quote Jay Bear. He said uh, he said content uh, content is the fire and social media is the gasoline. So social media is going to give you a pl- a bigger platform for for talking about these pieces of content. So so I would start with those three, and then later on, if you want to add video, podcasting, you know, if you want to get fancier, you have that opportunity. So I'm talking with Rachel Parker. We're talking about uh, the Content Marketing Coach, the book called The Content Marketing Coach, and you do have a few resources at contentmarketingcoachbook.com. Tell us a little bit about Resonance. What do you do over there at Resonance? At Resonance, we are a full-service content marketing agency. So we companies come to us who believe in content marketing. They know they need it. They just don't have the internal resources to be able to do it to be able to do it consistently and at the level of quality that they need. And and this is something that we find a lot of teams struggle with because they may have an ace marketing team, but you know, they, they couldn't they couldn't keep it up if a product launch were to come along or if something were to come along that just totally soaked the rest of the team. And then um and then some companies come to us and say, Hey, we have a great team in place. We just need help with the strategy. So with those folks, we would get into a coaching program where we would help them put together a strategy, coach their teams, make sure that they are ready to hit the ground running. So those are the two ways that we help our customers. Well Rachel, thanks so much for joining us. Um Look forward to the content marketing coach book being out there in the world and uh, hope to bump into you someday out on the road. My pleasure, John. Hope to see you soon. 